Welcome to the Living with Alzheimer's podcast. On this show, we share Ginger's journey and speak with subject matter experts about a variety of dementia-related topics. Ginger, a former English teacher and librarian, was diagnosed with Alzheimer's in 2019. This diagnosis has changed her world and has given her a unique perspective on life and living. I'm Christoph, Ginger's son and full-time caregiver. I've created this podcast as a way to share the best practices I'm learning about caring for a person with dementia. Along the way, we'll document my mother's journey through her unique storytelling. You can subscribe to the Living with Alzheimer's podcast and find all the resources we discuss at lwalz.com. In this episode of Living with Alzheimer's, we talk with yoga instructor Melissa Tungle about the benefits of yoga for both people with dementia and their caregivers. We'll be blending sections of one of our yoga sessions into our interview. It was one of the last times it was warm enough to have yoga outdoors comfortably. You'll hear a when we transition to the session and a when we return to our conversation. Well, hi, Melissa. Hi. How are you today? Really good. Good. Glad to be here. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome. Thanks. Mom, how are you this morning? Um, I'm waking up little by little. Okay. (laughs) Good. So, Melissa, um, you have been teaching yoga for a while. Yes. But I imagine that you practiced yoga uh, for a while before you became an instructor. I definitely did. So can you tell me a little bit about your yoga journey and how you came to be an instructor? Sure. So when I was a teenager, I had a book that my grandma gave me. She got, I think, at a garage sale or something. (laughs) So that was my first yoga experience, just looking at the pictures in the book and, you know, doing the exercises. I was always really curious about moving my body and always attracted to physical things so it was just kind of part of that I think Mm -hmm. and I practiced that way just kind of flirting with it and after the birth of my first child I really got serious about yoga I was um, ready for I guess something for me Mm-hmm. You know, as a caregiver of an infant, and after everything that my body had went through, I thought that yoga would be a good way to reacquaint myself with, you know, my body and mm-hmm. my place in the world and just be okay with all the changes in my life. Okay. And you also do other athletic endeavors. Running, I know, is one of them. I do. I'm a new runner. I've only been running the last two years. Okay. Yeah. Were you an athlete in school? Um, not really okay. an athlete, but definitely did some physical things. I was a cheerleader and, you know, ran track. I was never really good at like one thing. Okay. Um, so I found that yoga has been really welcoming and it's been something I've been really good at. Just, you know, the breathing and the practice, it's really connected and helped me, you know, 
helped me in my life. I've seen a lot of really positive things come from devoting my time and energy to the practice. Hmm. And you don't have to be super athletic to get benefit out of yoga. Not at all. Anyone can receive the benefits of yoga. And really, it's a lifelong practice. If you start when you're young, you start when you're older, um, there's something there for everybody. It's really adaptable, which is nice. Mm-hmm. What What is yoga? If mm. you give a background. Of- yeah. yeah. It's really a system. Um, technically, the word yoga means union. The yoga, I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. It means union. Union of mind, body, spirit. Um, and yoga, the way that we know it, I think today is more of a system of practices and beliefs that have been passed down for thousands of years. Mm-hmm. So a system. Yes. And then, you know, I, you mentioned that it's been passed down through the years. And I think here in the U.S. at least, there's this whole thing of thinking of yoga as something, uh, I'll call it woo yeah. Um, uh, or even unchristian, I've heard that because it's got this connection with Hinduism and Buddhism and Jainism from since it's from India. Yes. And so I'm wondering if you can share your perspective about how people from all walks of life or belief systems can benefit from yoga without compromising that belief system. Yeah, I think that I get a lot of that too. Mostly it comes from people who don't understand yoga and mm-hmm. and they don't know what it is so therefore it becomes a little bit threatening to their belief system okay but yoga really is complementary to whatever you believe whether you have a very devoted religious practice or you're more agnostic agnostic or atheist mm-hmm. it really just supports a lifestyle of taking care of yourself and of being connected to yourself, to each other, and to the planet. Mm-hmm. So when you say being connected to the planet, I think that some people automatically, and I would have been in this camp once upon a time also, would think, woo. Yeah. Like this is some mystical, get your crystals out and burn your incense, and you know, it's all spiritual on Witchy. some other plane. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, you know, it. It seems like when I've done yoga in the past and certainly in the sessions with you, you've really focused on just being present and connected with the moment. Yes. And I don't feel like that's woo. Yeah. It's difficult though. Oh, definitely. Especially if your moment is not sunshine and daisies. Right. Um, So yoga can help us practice being in our moment, whatever that is. It practicing compassion, self-acceptance, and really how do you find calm sometimes when there's a little bit of pressure being applied? And that's one of the ways that it can become beneficial to whoever, mm-hmm. whatever your belief system is, is really, you know, life can be challenging and we don't always have to give everything up to some higher spiritual power. We can mm-hmm. take some ownership for our feelings and empower ourselves to navigate through this thing called life. Mm -hmm. And that's part of, that's part of, you know, why the practice that, that I like to offer and what I've been offering to you is so much about being here 
in this moment. Mm-hmm. I know that my friends and family will laugh when I, as an, you know, this is an understatement. I'm an overthinker. Yeah. Uh, I, I can spin on, you know, something that's bothering me and it, it's hard to let go. And I know that after our sessions, I'm always much calmer and more centered after the practice with you um, than I had been before. Mm-hmm. So somehow in there, it's helping me, whether it's the being in the moment and, and appreciating it, it helps me set aside some of that stuff or um, uh, or some alignment happens that I'm not as, you know, apt to overthink things in, in a way that, you know, becomes negative. So, you know, that that's what I appreciate about it. We're not doing anything hardcore physical. Uh, you know, I'm not sore afterwards and I'm not typically, sometimes I'm not typically shaking during holding a pose, you know, because my muscles are, you know, mm-hmm. vibrating from the, oh, how much longer are we going to hold this? We, you know, we, that's not the kind of yoga that we've been doing. Mm-hmm. So, well, I can, I can maybe shine a little light on why that's working for you in that way. Mm-hmm. Yoga gives us a chance to step out of our head and be in our heart mm-hmm. and in the body. When the mind is spinning, and especially if you, if you kind of feed that, if you keep thinking about what you're thinking about, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And you're oh, kind absolutely. Of, <laughs> yes. And you're like, okay, what about this solution? What about this solution? It can become a really vicious cycle. So that's kind of, if you think about, um, that's stimulus, mm-hmm. right? So yoga is really, we drop it down. We take a break from stimulus. It's like a deep breath. And then when we come back to whatever was in your head or whatever the problem was, you know, there's a lot more clarity there, but just because you've taken a break from that and you've stepped away. We'll begin our yoga practice really with the most important part, being present. Present in your body and in the moment that you're in. So just taking in the subtle sounds around you. You might hear insects, the sounds of a city, traffic. Take in the sensation of the breeze on your skin. It is such a beautiful day to be alive. So I'm I'm wondering, we've talked a little bit about the benefits that I've gotten and that you have gotten. What what is the general public how what would the general public's approach to yoga be for a potential benefits from the practice? Yeah. At whatever level they're entering into it. Because I know some people are scared to even go do yoga because everybody else will know what is happening, what to do, and they're going to feel awkward because they don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so some people will just not even try. Yeah. Um, 
Which is which is sad, I think. It, it makes you wonder, what are the things they're not trying because they're afraid of doing them wrong, too? I'm a big fan of adult learning, mm-hmm. you know, and trying new things. And, and I think that, you know, just continuing to grow is very important, no matter how old you are. And that can mean exposing yourselves to new things and things that you might feel awkward doing. Um, but I think, back to your question... Yoga really allows us to complete the stress cycle, mm-hmm. um, which is why you feel better after the practice. We all have different stressors in our lives. We know that some stress is good. For example, when you're under pressure to perform at work, you've got a big presentation coming, and that pressure really leads to something positive in your life, right? You accomplish something that you really want to happen, you know, or the marathon runner, right? They're under a little bit of pressure to do the training, to see their goals realized. And guess what? When they do it, that completes the stress cycle. That's a positive thing. But we don't always have a chance to complete the stress cycle for everyday things. Mm. Like, being on 24-7, the way that we live nowadays, we're so connected to internet and mm-hmm. to everything is so stimulating. And that leads to kind of this constant low level, um, almost like a buzzing, right? You're, mm-hmm. very, you're very stimulated all the time. That creates stress. That creates a lot of stress. And if we don't find a way and healthy outlet to complete the stress cycle, we see a lot of really negative health impacts and and in our lives from that. So I think that most people can benefit from yoga just because of living in the modern world is not easy. Mm -hmm. So should people think of yoga as a way to get in shape physically is that part of it yeah it can be and in fact sometimes that's what leads people to the practice Mm. okay and and that is not a bad thing um but beneath that that's just the tip of the iceberg Mm -hmm. and beneath that there's so much depth to be found and to be discovered but I think you have to start where you are. And that's one of the things about, you know, going to be a modern yoga class is very physical. We do a lot of physical movements. We do a lot of breathing. A lot of what we're doing is physical. And that is a lot more digestible and easy for some people versus telling them to sit and meditate for an hour. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. Right. (laughs) So. Well, I don't even know because I haven't been trained in meditation. So I'm not even really sure how to approach it. I think I meditate in my own way, but it's probably not very effective. And I I do find that um, yoga gets me to a spot that I know that meditation is supposed to help get you toward, which is that slowing down of the mind and, uh, you know, releasing some of the stress. Um, so it does have that that quality of meditation there, uh, <clears throat> and just sitting down and trying to be quiet. I I don't. Yeah, my mind just doesn't shut off. Yeah, and I can I can tell you in ancient times, like when when we first started to record 
um, the practice yeah. in like ancient texts, for example, they designed the practice almost like a ladder system where the physical part was the first part. Mm-hmm. And rightly so, because like you said, if you're not doing the physical exercises first, sitting down is really hard. Mm-hmm. Sitting and being mindful is really hard. So they devised the system to do the breathing and the physical things first so that you are able to sit and reflect um, in a really productive, genuine way. Nice. Release that. All right, let's come off of your bolster. Come off your pillow. You're just going to set it over to the side. Your cats are going bananas back there. They're very entertaining today. <laughs> and then make your way to are all they fours. There? Oh yeah, yeah. They're both there. they are watching. It's hilarious. <laughs> all right, hands and knees here, like this. Yep. And I'll go ahead and model as you move. We're gonna inhale, lift your seat up. Lift your chest and lift your chin. So you feel your belly dip down towards the mat. We're in a back bend. We're going to move the other way. Exhale. Tuck your chin to your chest. Go ahead and keep your arms straight. Right, you to tuck your tailbone under. All right, let's do it again. Inhale. Lift your seat. Lift your chin. Spread your chest wide. Exhale round. So we're doing cow and cat here. Let's do it again. Inhale. Exhale. Just warming up your spine. Let's keep moving like this with your breath. Inhale. And cow, you feel the shoulder blades pull together on your back. Now in cat back, you'll spread your shoulder blades wide. Get that good stretch across your back. Let's do that again. Inhale. Just nice and fluid. Exhale. You mentioned yoga can be approached by anyone. So I'm thinking that there are, especially since we're talking about um, Alzheimer's here on the podcast, um, I'm wondering if there are specific benefits for the elderly, for those with any kind of dementia, for those people who take care of uh, folk with uh, dementia is there are there specific things there i ben- i believe i believe that the situation um i think that you are familiar with is um the the ebb and flow of not knowing what to expect and i think that yoga for I'm going to I'm going to reference caregivers first. I think that yoga for caregivers allows you to just come away from that and come into your body and breathe and just take a moment where you know exactly what to expect and to feel cared for yourself mm-hmm. so that you can continue to give care in the way that you want to in the way that it is productive for you so it's a little bit of 
recovery. Yes. Uh, that coming away from the stress. Yes. And it's a little bit of fuel. Yes. Uh, in the whole, I'm being cared for, and it gives me more energy to do the caregiving that I'm responsible for. Yeah, and I think it really applies to anyone that is is holding space for other people and, and providing care, you know, even parents of young children where a lot of their needs is dependent on you. You can't give from an empty cup. Right. And you, you it's important to find these practices and it doesn't even necessarily have to be yoga. You know, what's your flavor? How are you taking care of yourself? Mm-hmm. How are you filling your cup so that your giving is is genuine? Mm-hmm. Right. Mom, you did not start yoga young. I know you had been doing yoga before. And I honestly, I don't know to what extent you were doing yoga before. Do you recall other yoga experiences other than here? A few. And they usually were pretty short because I was in college and they were... You, you were this long, and then you got, okay, we got that one done, and let's move on to the next one. And that was not really the, the best situation for a beginner in yoga. And I know that when you were in assisted living, they did some yoga. I think that was chair yoga. Um, do, you, do you recall that? No, at all? I don't. Okay. And it's probably because it wasn't done well. <laughs> maybe. Or maybe. Maybe. Or perhaps maybe it I, just wasn't as meaningful to you. I don't know. Yeah, I don't either. No. Yeah. But there were definitely residents there who would not have been able to get on their hands and knees. Oh, yeah. And, and, and oh, do yoga yeah. in that way. Yeah, so, in, in fact, there were just a couple of us that really wanted it, and we kept, hey, have you got that figured out yet, you know, and um, I left before they they got it. I'm, I'm assuming they finally got around to it, but I don't know that. Well, and the pandemic did not help because there were many weeks where all the residents had to stay in their own rooms and couldn't have contact with each other because of covid that's right that's true and so some of those group activities weren't possible right you know under those restrictions yeah so yeah that made a difference too but melissa to the chair yoga if you can't get on your hands and knees on a mat there are modifications that can be made right to still get the benefit there definitely are there are a lot of benefits to chair yoga um, I think I think one of the biggest pieces where someone can benefit from chair yoga is the deep breathing, mm. you know, really, um, because that has a huge impact on our nervous system. Okay. So would that apply then in some way to folk with dementia also? The, I, yeah, okay. I definitely believe so. I think, too, it's really a digestible task mm. f- for folks. You know, you, you talk them through one breath at a time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, it's it's so simple that 
that you, know, you can almost pass by. Right? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> you you teach people how to breathe, and you sit with them as they breathe. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It's everyone can benefit from learning how to breathe. It's something that we tell children when they're having a temper tantrum, mm-hmm. when things are kind of upsetting them. Right. You know, slow down, take a deep breath. Right. Count to ten. Yeah. Other slow down techniques. Yeah. But we. I don't know. At some point, we forget the importance of that. Mm-hmm. So just having the opportunity to circle back to that because it does work. And, you know, some, sometimes that is that is the only part of the practice that a person can do is to sit and breathe. And it's really valuable. And I think in the U.S., we put a lot of weight on the physical movements of yoga mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's really not that way. It's, it's actually quite equal. The breath is just as important as, as moving your body. Yeah. 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 I think I generally feel more centered after the breathing exercises that you incorporate into a session. Yeah. And I can, I can tell that it, it is resonating with you, Ginger, the deep breathing, you know, I can really really see the progress that you make when you're breathing deeply and you know we sit together and we breathe and and we end session <laughs> i have a cat here yeah she, she does conversation. and she does deep breathing she's doing yoga <laughs> um, and i can see after session after deep breathing just the sense of calm and and grounded you seem very grounded after that type of practice mm-hmm. I think the people that introduced me to the most, what would I say, introduced me to the the actual, factual, I don't know what to call it, science. Yeah. Science. Um, and they came to me and said, you need to do this with us. And um, we were all at, working at the same place. And so I went with them, and yeah, it was a totally different experience. Mm-hmm. And so now if I get into a real jam with myself, I know who to call. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, so those were my, some of my early days with, with it. And I have always thought I, if I had more time, this was when I had little kids, if I had more time, if I had this, and one day I went through a whole bunch of those, and I thought, I have just de-yoga-mead myself. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was doing it all in the most negative way. Hmm. And that was like, okay, you're either going to do it and do it correctly, or you ain't doing it at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So... Melissa, how have you modified the sessions with Ginger and me to, well, let's focus on Ginger. Mm-hmm. What what have you been doing specifically for her in the sessions? I think that the most important piece of, of my approach is flexibility. Mm. Um, so when I come to teach a session, I generally have an idea as to what we're going to work on, what I'm going to offer. 
but the way that I present the material, I have to be flexible with that because I never know, um, you know, what method is going to be effective. So having, having lots of choices has been really helpful. Simple sequences, Mm -hmm. um, is, is one of the things I think the way that I offer direction, um, verbally, obviously, but sometimes lots of modeling, Mm -hmm. um, which means I do the practice and I show, you know, I'll move my body so that Ginger can see me and, and I'll model what it might look like. Um, although I do have to remind Ginger often that when I sit cross-legged and my knees go down <laughs> and hers don't, that I'm a yoga teacher and my knees, my knees go down and hers might not look like mine. <laughs> right. Um, so modeling a lot, um, hands-on. I, I ask if I can touch and I'll come by and sometimes hands-on, um, actually moving Ginger into position is really really a good way to um to work with her sometimes when things uh, other things are not as effective mm-hmm. and and i i know she's thinking those things through because a lot of times she's going out like this and i'm looking at that and saying yeah but that would not look like me i have to turn myself around mm-hmm. and do it back here mm-hmm so I'm learning. <laughs> right. And I know there have been times where you've taken a cue that Melissa has offered and followed on it. And there have been other times where it still doesn't make spatial sense to you. And then she goes and maybe helps you position so that you, oh, and and then you're fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that can really vary from one side to the other. Even I was just in, bring that up even because, in the same posture. Um, Ginger's neurologist is uh, a specialty of neurology that I'm going to forget. I, I have forgotten the name of it, um, but it involves a lot of physical tests to see what's happening with the brain, uh, and it would it's especially useful when uh, CT scans or MRIs aren't available or aren't advised um, in order to image the brain, uh, she can, the neurologist, uh, can use a a variety of uh, physical tests in order to know that a particular part of the brain has been impacted, has changed, etc. So uh, it's less invasive, obviously, but I will share whatever your... uh, observations have been about the ginger has a harder time to the left or to the right or whichever it is um so that she has that information when you know Mm -hmm. during the next assessment which is coming up here in a few weeks Mm -hmm. so her annual assessment is uh, due soon so and i definitely have noticed one side versus the other you know um I think I can give a verbal cue on one side and then sometimes the next side I'll have to do an actual physical adjustment. Mm-hmm. I am seeing that a little less now. Okay. And I don't know if it's because 
of the way that I'm teaching or Ginger's a little more comfortable with the practice or maybe possibly those neural pathways are being, you know, exercised and strengthened. I think we don't know, but I, I also know that in the human brain, when we give it a puzzle, how do I figure this out? It strengthens the brain when we work on that puzzle so perhaps, and this is just my theory mm-hmm. for Ginger, you know, trying to figure out how to move her body, how to take direction, um, how do I make it look like what she's doing is perhaps, you know, strengthening and beneficial for the brain. Okay. I can see that. I, I, I absolutely can yep. too. Okay. Come back to center. Put in straight arms, really press. We're going to strengthen here just a little bit and practice some coordination. So press into your hands. Now have you step your right foot straight back to the back of the mat and set your foot down. So we're going to turn your toes under like that. Good. So it's kind of like a kickstand. Get steady here. And then you're going to take the left hand, the opposite hand, and reach it forward. You got it. Good. Straight forward towards me, Ginger. Yeah? Good. Couple of breaths. This is spinal balance pose. One more breath. Good. And then set your hand down and bring your knee all the way to the mat. Nice job. All right, let's switch sides. You're doing good. Step your left leg back and set the foot down, toes down. Get steady and stable here, right? Trust your body. And then you're going to take the opposite hand, right hand, this one. Yep, you got it. And reach it towards me, Ginger. You got it. Straight this way. Yes, and breathe. It's okay if it wiggles a little bit. Trust and come back to center. One more breath. And bring your hand down and your knee down too. The other thing I wanted to go back to, uh, you, you talked about one of the focuses being flexibility. And... Ginger is a avid gardener, uh, mostly of landscaping stuff, flowers and, and uh, other uh, perennials. And she was doing a lot of stooping over and not using her gardening chair. Um, <laughs> I kept getting after her on the gardening chair. And the gardening chair helped because it put her in a better, um, you know, physical position. But still... Even with the gardening chair, there would be um, many mornings where she would complain of back, especially back pain. Um, And we had this little question and answer on those mornings when she said, I I have some pain going on. And I'd say, is it a one Tylenol morning or a two Tylenol morning? And that was fairly common. Um, I mean, that would happen three, four times a week. and then we started doing the yoga practice with you, and it started to fade. And now, honestly, she hasn't asked for a Tylenol for a couple months at all. Zero. So it's definitely made a difference in her physical comfort. Uh, so, Yeah, I'm always amazed at um, 
at your flexibility, Ginger, and and your strength. I mean, there's not a not a lot of people can get off the floor in their fifties, mm. you know. And and Ginger, you're almost eighty. I know yeah. your physical your physical health is is really exceptional. Um, I don't think flexibility is the issue with Ginger's back. I think it's I think it's the way that she's moving, mm-hmm. repetitive movement, and and okay. a certain amount of strength. You know, um, I think the one thing that may have added to that is that both in high school and in college, I had to be taking a phys ed class, mm-hmm. and. <clears throat> And they were different things at different times of the school year. But I think that's where I got the strength thing. My father was huge on strength. You know, know, I want to see you pound a nail. I'm talking about pounding the nail, you know. (laughs) And and so I think my legs are strong. My arms are strong. Um... And, and but I think that's where it came from. So when I came up against or with <clears throat> what we're working on here, it was like I I actually feel like okay, I'm gonna do the the leg thing now, and because it gives me that much confidence in my body that I now know I can do that. Mm-hmm. That's that's pretty cool. <laughs> Now, if I could figure out how to catch a football. (laughs) (laughs) I love that you mentioned having confidence in your body. I think that, you know, with everything that you've gone through and all of the changes that you've had, having these moments of, okay, I can do this is, is just so life giving and, and, you know, um, yeah, I, I think it's really important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do too. Melissa, is there anything else that we should cover that we haven't already? I don't know. <laughs> do you have uh, any more Melissa, questions I'm going to say one more thing. Um, I, I can be in the middle of my thing doing it all by its work because the whole group is doing the same kind of motion um and here i am and i can't do it i can't do it it's that last flip over where i could then sit up and i can't do it and it it has happened that way so many times now that i get discouraged and i'm (laughs) i was laying there just the other night you dumb idiot of course you're still not doing it. It's because you're laying here not doing it. <laughs> and, and so that's, you know, I, I do sometimes give myself a little kick in the butt to get it going. Yeah, a little bit of an I can. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 Haven't done it yet, though. <clears throat> well, you... Never said, oh, yoga's today? Yuck. No, oh, no, that's no. true. It's always been something you've looked forward to. Right, definitely. And and have, at the end, commented that it was good. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, so far I've just kept saying, 
realizing that once again school starting and and all of that and I thought I wonder if we will be able to keep going with our MOGA <laughs> with our program and um I don't still know the answer to it. I just know I'm going to be showing up. <laughs> so I hope somebody else is too. too. <laughs> I'll show up too, Ginger. Yep, me too. <laughs> It'll get interesting when it's cold out. But Oh my gosh, yeah. And then we just move inside. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I've enjoyed doing the yoga outdoors. I like that's, it too. That's new for me. Every other time it's been in a studio. Mm-hmm. So, I'm, yeah, I've been really glad to be able to be outside, enjoy more about the moment because there's, you know, mm-hmm. the as you often refer to, the sounds around us. And, you know, it, it does help me uh, focus more on what's happening now and, and embracing that. So, which sounded a little woo. <laughs> <laughs> Being present is not woo. No. <laughs> Embracing the now. It was yeah. just how I said it. it was, you know, like, <laughs> Talking about the birds. I'm gonna go get my crystals out. <laughs> I have some in Do my you? car. Okay. <laughs> well, Melissa Tungle, thank you very much for being with us today thank and you. for helping us so much with the yoga instruction. I really appreciate you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And thank you from this end too. Thank you for listening to this episode of Living with Alzheimer's. Please visit the Living with Alzheimer's website at lwalz.com where you can subscribe to the show and find all the resources we discuss in podcast episodes. We'll see you next time on the Living with Alzheimer's podcast. Until then, here are some words of wisdom from Ginger. Okay, you're really going to do it and do it correctly or you ain't doing it at all. <laughs>